0: March has 193 days.
1: That's kind of a perfect balance when you care about some things but aren't, you know, mental.
2: I've killed him. It was totally, totally an accident, in the most absolute sense of the word.
1: I
0: opened your letter by mistake and I so wanted to reach out to you and then the whole thing spiralled.
3: I'm still here, in this stupid hospital bed. Connections. Five new dramas about making unexpected connections out of isolation supported by the Audio Content Fund.
4: This Sunday from 9pm on Pure West Radio.
5: Call me what you wanna I'll be what you wanna I've been here a thousand times Hey, ain't hey, you falling for another I don't even bother I could do it all my life So tell me if you wanna Cause I got this feeling Started dreaming, guess heaven's not that far away. And I'll be singing, La la la, La la la. You're breaking me, La la la, La la la. You're breaking me, La la la, La la la. You're breaking me, La la la, La la. I'm just right here dancing around to the rhythm, the rhythm. Ding love.
3: Connections. Five new dramas about making unexpected connections out of isolation, supported by the Audio Content Fund.
1: They must be here somewhere. I really need to do some clearing out after all this time. Five years? There's still so much of him everywhere. There they are! (laughs) My wedding ring, our wedding rings, covered in dust on a shelf. We'd both stopped wearing them a while ago, years before he left. He'd shrunk, so his ring kept falling off and I'd grown, and mine simply wouldn't fit anymore. Is it okay to throw them away, do you think? They aren't expensive. From Argos, you know, the catalogue, and his has gone a bit green around the edges. He was always talking, promising, talking, or maybe it was me talking, because I'm always talking, so I'm probably a narcissist and read a lot about it. I'm bigger, fatter, I take up more space. Everything is about me. Yeah, I'm a narcissist, I reckon. I'm the one with the issues. Like... I'm very particular about how I hang up my washing, you know? It has to be hung up by the corners of the item. It has to be in line with the next item of clothing. That's narcissistic, he said. And I said, no, that's OCD. I did a quiz about it. It said I was, you needed to get above 30 to be OCD, and I got 33, so that's me. If he'd done the quiz, he would have got 15, I reckon. That's kind of a perfect balance when you care about some things but aren't, you know, mental. He agreed.
5: Love me, love me, love me, say you do.
1: I have 27 pegs. They all lie in the kitchen drawer in a line. They're all the same kind. Same height, although I don't actually mind if they are different colours. That shows flexibility, I think. So maybe I'm not OCD. That's weird. I thought I threw them away. Did I just think of doing that? No, I wouldn't have thrown them away. I obviously just dropped them. Whatever. Definitely doesn't fit, though. And they were cheap. I didn't want that. I wanted the whole thing. Tiny diamonds set in rose gold or handmade from a sixpence that had been given to me from my gran. I wanted them to be engraved with a love note, a poem. Not from a catalogue. And I like the things I like, you know? And he said I gaslighted him. So I read an article about that in Psychology Today. It was good. You kind of need to know who you're dealing with. It's nice now not having wee on the floor. You know, some men can't help themselves. Kind of like marking their territory. Like a dog. I wee straight into the toilet. The toilet paper on a roll. Folded into a triangle after use. Make the effort, I say. Make it nice. Make the place you live in a nice place. A home. And that's why I bought a cat. To make it a place that feels more permanent. He didn't like that. He didn't like my little naked Nigel. And Nigel doesn't think I'm a narcissist, do you, Nigel? Yeah, Nigel, it's okay. He's left now. Hush now, my sweetheart. Come and sit with mummy, my darling. Oh, I love you, I love you. You wouldn't leave me, would you? Not like him, no. We'll be together forever like a real marriage. Like it's supposed to be, my darling. Oh, oh dear, my love, what's wrong? Another hairball. <sighs> darling, I will just stroke yeah. your back while you... Oh, h- how did you get those? I, mean, I did always like the fact they're silver and not gold. Catalog, but still stylish. Oh, Nigel, were you drinking in the toilet bowl again? Naughty boy, give mummy a kiss. Mm -hmm. I'll just give them a little wash. Oh, Nigel, you're so sweet. Keep doing that, yes. I always preferred skin contact with Nigel to the touch of him, to be honest. With Nigel, I can pick him up and he fits me. He's contained by me. But with the husband, with Jeremy, the skin of him... It was like it could consume me. And when we touched, it was as if we were merging, like I was wearing a skin coat of him, his veins searching for a way into mine, our blood rivers combining to make an ocean. I mean, I never wanted a baby. Why do people strive for that when you can get more comfort from a cat? Babies are germ-ridden disease carriers and I did not want to look at someone who was simply puzzle pieces of me and him. I mean, I'd constantly want to take them apart and put the right pieces in the right boxes. I mean, what's that? OCD, he would have said, and and I wouldn't want his eyes looking at me from a puzzle piece flesh-faced child while it suckled at my breast with all of his joints together and never being able to leave, ever. Oh, what's that in my bra? Five, six, seven. Oh, maybe I miss him. I'm putting our wedding rings close to my heart. I don't remember doing that. I've got memory issues. It's the menopause. A pause of men. A sweating of purification. Is it because I lack direction? I need to set goals more, he said. He said, goals, that's right, focus and you'll be able to actually achieve something instead of all this faffing around, lining things up and talking to yourself. I do miss him, I do, apart from the chewing, he's constantly in my head, in my dreams, all the time, telling me things, but rings down my bra, he wouldn't have liked that. Not for the last few years anyway. Not since I've got bigger and and more monstrous, he said. He didn't like the hair coming out of my chin. Put him off kissing, he said. Made it like he was kissing a man. I just don't like the thought of it, he said. I'm not talking to myself. I'm not. Ah, yeah, Where to put them. Well, I can't sell them, obviously. They were just cheap from a catalogue. Argos, it was. Not my first choice, I have to say Tina, he said Yes, I said You can't put a price on love He said Well, I said I think you can Shut up I hate this song Quiet We were married for 35 years Right, okay Right what do i do with these rings put them in a little pot yes remember the good times good memories i miss him he knew so much always helping me and pointing out when i needed help and i needed a lot of help i need help no oh, it! i'm completely fine let's make dinner self care is important you start with a list a little list I like growing the vegetables. I don't like going to the shops. If you make a salad, you have to have things separate on a plate, separated. So a line of carrots, a line of tomatoes, a line of lettuce. You can't have them all jumbled up in a bowl, juicing over each other, lying in each other's love juices for hours until you cannot taste one thing from the other, like pigs eating from a trough. garden's looking lovely, isn't it? It's important to grow your own food, your own veg. You never know what might happen. Being self-sufficient, just me and you, girl, it's the best. Don't need no-one else, I said. The only thing I need to be self-sufficient, Jeremy, is a good carrot. He didn't laugh. Maybe that was a red flag. Just leave, the magazine say. When you see a red flag, just leave the relationship. That's what you're supposed to do. But what if you don't spot one for a really long time? Maybe the person hasn't bought the flag maybe. yet. They hadn't wanted to get them maybe. out. They were still with their last or partner. maybe they put out different coloured flags at first. You quite liked them. I like bunting personally. I mean, I've even made a bit myself. Put it out on a nice day in the garden. We sat out there once in the garden with the vegetables. Purple carrots, mine. Purple carrots, purple! Imagine! They were quietly growing in the corner. And Jeremy sat in the chair with his beer, low alcohol. I insisted. I knew what he was like when he was drunk. I'd only seen it once, but uh, that was enough. Nigel must have stood on the remote control again. He does that, Nigel. <laughs> he started crying, he did. Jeremy, like a baby, going on about his mother. Really unattractive. To see a man like that, skin hanging down around his eyes, dribbling too, and in front of Nigel. I was embarrassed. See, Nigel is very sensitive, very sensitive. Jeremy said his mother... Would have been able to save me if I'd let her. Religious she was. Sometimes he prayed for me quite loudly. <clears throat> Maybe they do need saving. I mean, he was probably right. He was right about most things. In hindsight, I can see that. And now he's gone, it's easier to see the things that I've done wrong. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. <sighs> One of my goals was to get away from the sound of his breathing. Generally, his breathing was all the time. Couldn't think, made everything wrong, made the house tilt. Oh, that's strange. I haven't ordered anything. Or maybe I did. I did order myself a little treat last week. Some of those self-help books so I can manage my goals. Oh, they are pretty. The two of them together like that. Did I do that? Would I have posted them to myself? I mean, I know it's good to be self-sufficient. It's true, especially now. And there are so many things I want. The way I want them. It's the OCDC. Everything has a place and everything in its place. Turns out his place was with Sheila from number 69. She didn't mind the sound of him breathing or chewing doesn't mind his chewing. The dinner is on. I'm cooking. Peeled and sliced the potatoes. 26 minutes. Peas and gravy and the meat. Slab of flesh. Connections are important. Just you and me and the vegetables in the garden. Come on, let's sort this out. "'Let go of the past, Tina,' he said last time I bumped into him in Tesco. "'A year ago now. I spotted him in the frozen island. "'I tried to back out, but he was already in front of me before I could move my feet. "'It's funny how things change. "'I used to check everything he did. "'He shut the door. I'd check the door. "'The rings. Silver rings. They are nice.' a symbol of all the good things in my life. I'm going to bury them in the garden by the washing line. Maybe something will grow, something new, some symmetry out there, balance out the right and the left. Rest in peace, no, peas, (laughs) just rest. Carrots look nice, eh, an evening treat? That's enough of all that, to be honest. Come on, Nigel. Let's go to bed. Rest your head. I'm quiet now. Shh. Take your pills, Tina. It'll help. I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. Shh. Just talking to you. To you. Mm-hmm. To me? No. Nope.
3: To you. Liz Carr. The director was Jenny Seeley. The series advisor was Sarah Daniels. The sound engineer was Louis Blatherwick, and sound design was by Eloise Whitmore, with thanks to Grey Eye. Red Flags was written by Anita Kelly, produced by Naked Productions, and supported by the Audio Content Fund.
6: summer on pure west radio people killing people dying children hurt and you hear them crying and you practice what you preach and won't you turn the other cheek father 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 help us and some kind it got me questioning where is the love what's wrong with the world mama people living like they ain't got no mamas i think the whole world's addicted to the drama only attracted to things that bring the trauma overseas yeah we trying to stop terrorism but we still got terrorists here living in the usa the big cia the bloods and the crips and the kkk but if you only have love for your own race then you only leave space to discriminate and to discriminate only and when you hate, then you're bound to get alright. Yeah, madness is what you demonstrate, and that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all. you not people dying, children hurt and crying. you practice what you preach, and won't you turn the other cheek?
7: Love that don't belong, nations dropping bombs, chemical gases filling lungs of little ones with ongoing suffering. As the youth are young, so ask yourself is the loving really gone? So I could ask myself, really, what is going wrong in this world that we living in? People keep on giving in, making wrong decisions, only visions of them dividends. Not respecting each other, denying that, brother. A war's going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret and swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. What's the love, y'all? Come on. I was the
6: truth, yo. Come on. I was the love, yo. Okay, killing people dying, children hurt and you hit them crying. Can you practice what you preach? And what you turn the other cheek, Father, Father. on my shoulder as I'm getting older your people get older most of us only care about money making Selfishness got us following the wrong direction Wrong information always shown by the media Negative images is the main criteria Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria Kids wanna act like what they see in the it's cinemas yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity Whatever happened to the fairness and equality Instead of spreading love we're spreading animosity Lack of understanding leading us away from unity That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down It's no wonder why sometimes I'm it under Gotta keep my faith alive the Love is found Lashes People killing, people dying Children hurt hurting, and crying Can you practice what you preach And when you turn the other cheek Father, Father, Father For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, 24 hours a day. Pure West Radio.
3: Connections. Five new dramas about making unexpected connections out of isolation. Supported by the Audio Content Fund. A Moment's Pause by Michael Southern.
2: I've killed him. Uh,
4: sir, our records show that you were recently involved in an accident.
2: Uh, yes, it was. It was totally, totally an accident, in the most absolute sense of the word.
4: Might you be interested in claiming on insurance?
2: Oh, I would really love to claim, yes, yes. I'll, I'll claim everything to you. I put the pellets down like I do, only these are new, so... um.
4: This happened on the M54, yes? Silver
2: hatchback. Uh, uh, the car. Yes, yes, yes. the car. Uh, sorry, I, I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going.
4: I'm from Bosted Bonnet Insurance.
2: W- well, that was a, a five-mile-an-hour shunt. It's hardly worth anyone's time. In truth, you've caught me off guard. Might a
4: small windfall
2: help? He was lying there on the ground, you see. Oh, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. What's your name? Um... Please, tell me your name. I'm... Arthur March.
4: Shona.
2: It's good to meet you. Well, talk to you, Shona. Now, I have to tell you, I have had a bit of a mourning. And somewhere along the line, I have killed Nigel. Uh,
4: if this is a murder, I should probably hang up the phone.
2: You can't. Not until I've told you it all. Please stay. I I, I can't have this on my conscience. Doubtless you can't have it on yours either. Uh- Nigel.
4: Who?
2: Nigel, next door's cat. Oh, well,
4: that's unfortunate, isn't it, Arthur?
2: (laughs) Unfortunate? It's more than that. It's the worst sin. And I I really must talk to someone.
4: I need to go. One of my supervisors will
2: hear me. Can you just pretend you're filling in a claim? Hmm? It'll look really good for you. Uh, Commission and such. uh... Please, help me. It was so awful. (gasps) Tina next door wouldn't be so bad if she was approachable. Forever doing DIY and never two foot from a strimmer. Insisted on chopping the birch down. Wasn't impinging on her land or anything.
4: (laughs) Cheeky so-and-so. And And do you have any points on your licence, Mr March? Eh? I'm right next to the break room, and Derek's on the (laughs) warpath. Oh, it's all right.
2: Carry on. So, she's got this cat. Lord knows why. She's not an ounce of empathy. Must have snuck through the hole in the fence. She won't get it fixed. She reckons it's my fault, but she put the fence up. Mm. Before she moved in, it was low wire. I used to chat quite regularly to the old owners. And how
4: do you know you actually killed
2: it? For certain. Well, I've started putting pest poison on my sweet peas. You know, for rats and whatnot. You you, you get a lot in the countryside, you see. It, It must have... Snuck in and gobbled the lot. Am I a bad person?
4: I can't make that decision. I'm only sales team. Where is it now?
2: It's at the bottom of the garden. I just keep staring at it. I'm not sure what to do.
4: Can you not just leave it? Cats go missing all the time,
2: don't they? I can't just leave a dead cat in my garden. It's not ethical. (sighs) Oh, I bet you've not had a Wednesday like this in a while, have you?
4: Do you have a Tupperware box? You could bury it. Well, I've
2: only got what I put my shortbread in. We can't use that.
4: Whoa, who said anything about we? Unless. What?
2: We're not burying it. It's a consecration. Yes, we'll give Nigel a funeral.
4: Again with the we, Arthur.
2: Well, you're going to have to help me. I'm still all a quiver.
4: Oh, I'm incriminating myself as it is. I-, I-, I can't end up going to prison. I've got a son. Oh, oh, this is not what I wanted on my first day back from maternity leave.
2: Oh, how wonderful. That's a magical time, that is.
4: I don't know what day it is at the moment. Joseph certainly knows how to keep us on our toes.
2: Oh, Joseph, hey? Are you religious?
4: No. He didn't have a name coming out of hospital. Mum brought us back, and she'd knitted this multicolored jumper. (laughs) And that was his dream coat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Gordon Bennett! <laughs>
7: yeah.
2: You'd never write it, would you? Hmm. Is uh, Dad on the scene? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, it was crass of me to. No, uh...
4: oh, me and Patrick are fine. We're trying to get time for ourselves. It's just hard to catch our breath. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be feeling.
2: I remember when we had Lisa. Nothing like this was ever spoken about.
4: Sorry. It's mad I'm even telling you this.
2: Well, everyone has a story, don't they? I love it when people ring. You learn all sorts about people from a phone call, more than you ever do face to face. How they might conduct themselves from the rhythms of speech, how they greet you. The voice gives away things that the face can't, you see? How do car insurance people speak differently to the double-glazing people and the like? Oh, I could write a book on it.
4: And here I am, thinking I was unique that you started a
2: conversation (laughs) with me. I talk to everyone. bit boring otherwise. I must emphasise that this is the first time I've had to deal with a corpse. Oh, you never guess. On the day I said goodbye to my Jemima... Who should phone on the evening but the will man from the solicitors? (laughs) What are the chances? Gareth, rugby player, if I remember right. Lovely fella. Convinced him to have a holiday over in Dublin. Well, that's where, um, Jem and I went on our honeymoon. I wonder if he ever did. And then there was that, uh PPI lot. Just constant jingles. And one morning, I was talking to this woman from Timeshare, and she told me she'd just had a ham and cheese toasty. Well, i realised there and then that I hadn't had a toasty in years. So next time I was out, I went and bought a Breville. <laughs> Nothing but instinct, it was. Do
4: you ever buy any of the stuff they're
2: flogging? Uh, those prices, you must be joking. No, I prefer to think of myself as a buyer of conversations.
4: Hmm. Do you have people come
2: and visit you? Oh, yes. I've got my Lisa. She's a police officer, and she works long hours, but she's here enough. Haven't you got to go?
4: Oh, all right, then. I've got half an hour till lunch. Really? Let's get this done. Are you sure? Call it my good deed for the day. Grab a shovel.
2: Oh, just let me get my jacket. It's, uh, it's nippy out there. <coughs> Ow! Ah, ouch! What? I've got uh, I've got dirt in me eye. It's all just blowing back in my face.
4: I told you to dig under a tree or something.
2: Well, the sun's always better. I thought it would be nice. That's
4: <laughs> well, the least he deserves after you bumped him off?
2: Shh! You're on loudspeaker, remember? You don't want them to hear you.
4: None of this is my fault. I'm just here to make sure you don't cause any more trouble. Mm. Maggie from the other booth is looking at me funny. I'm sure she's on to us.
2: Well, you've got to see it through now. We're a cross-generational body and Clyde. Hmm. Why don't you write a nice verse about cats? It'll make it look like you're doing something if anyone walks past. What? Yes, for the eulogy. Something warm. We've got to say something. It's it's heartless otherwise. I
4: can't write a poem. I was rubbish at English at school.
2: Come on, Think. Use your initiative.
4: Oh, funerals make me really funny.
2: Comes to us all at some point.
4: You seem really chill about this.
2: I've spent all my life around people's milestones. Births, deaths, marriages, that sort of thing.
4: You're an odd one, aren't you?
2: Church chorister. Well... Yes, yes, all right.
4: I've been to church once in my life. I tripped down the aisle when I was bridesmaid at my aunt's wedding when I was six. Oh, the whole place was in hysterics. (laughs) 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 Me off
2: going since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it it's a real privilege to play a part in people's big days, and we were quite versatile, really. We did a mean, oh, Jesus, I have promised. Did? Yes, I, I decided to leave the whole circus behind. Why? Well, let's just say me and the man upstairs didn't always agree on the fundamentals. All got very political. In a church choir? Church choirs are the worst for it. It's all that tea. I'm sure it goes to people's heads.
4: Well, what happened?
2: Bigots. All started when our Lisa came out. She started seeing this girl, Marnie. She was an artist. I think Lisa liked her because it was so calm compared to what she was used to. Anyway, turns out that this woman was the daughter of the choir master.
4: Right.
2: Saw him in a teacup, really. Or should have been. I'm not sure Choir Master Floss was that enthralled. Clearly, conversations had to be had.
4: Hmm. It's really good that you talk.
2: Only works with certain folk, though. Couldn't be doing with the sniggers. I mean, have people got nothing better to do than make snide comments about who people love? Lisa said I shouldn't have let them get to me. I'd have coped if it was just one or two, but it spread like wildfire. The corduroy army, we used to call them.
4: Oh, I've lost count of the number of times I've told people where to stick it.
2: There comes a point where you sort of have to, I think. You must always remember to buy the conversations with the people who are going to invest in you.
4: You're dead wise, aren't you? Oh, except for the killing the cat part. Oh, I hope we can teach my Joseph that. The being wise part-like. It's dead scary. It's like, what if I get it
2: really wrong. We've all thought that at one point or another. There's no manual. We're all just trying our best. You'll find inspiration where you least expect it, I bet. Right, this is almost ready. Did you find a verse? Maybe a haiku, something short?
4: A what?
2: A haiku. A three-lined poem. Five, seven, five syllables. Um, Sounds
4: a lot of faff. Can I just
2: Google? (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's ready. Now what?
4: Uh, put it in the grave.
2: Well, it's not in the box yet. What?
4: Yeah. So, has it just been lying there all that time?
2: Well, I'm building up to it.
4: Oh, for a gardener, you're very squeamish. Well, it's a blooming dead cat. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh. oh.
2: Oh. right, right, Arthur. Right. Oh, uh, Look, what? I'm going in. Oh.
4: oh, what's it like?
2: Cold and wet.
4: Hold. <laughs>
2: Arthur, I don't. Right. Right. <clears throat> I suppose it falls to me to say a few words. Uh, I'm sorry it had to end like this. I suppose I will miss your face, that look you give me when you've deadheaded all my agapanthus for me. Rest in peace, nige mate. Well, is this where we say goodbye?
4: I found something. A haiku. Tell me what you think. Of course. <clears throat> Ginger tabby cat greets the midday sun's questions with much suspicion. <sighs> oh, that's really awful, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say awful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> oh no. I think she's coming out. I can hear a strimmer.
4: What are you going to tell her?
2: I don't know. What would you do?
4: Oh, I think I'd have to.
2: Yes, well, I suppose it's on me now. Have a good day now.
4: You too, Arthur.
2: Oh, and uh, talk to people. You never know what you might find.
4: Thanks so much. Means a lot. Uh,
2: don't worry about taking me off your system either.
4: What? Are you sure?
2: Uh, you've got my number now. I'd love to know how you're getting on.
4: Yeah,
1: that, that would be nice. Who took up Nigel? Yeah. Arthur, is this anything to do with you? Uh, calm
2: down, Tina. I, I can explain. <laughs> Please put that strimmer down. Uh, let me um, put the kettle on and I'll, I'll, I'll make you a cuppa. Oh, it's uh, Arthur March here. Is Shona there? Well, because I've got some news for her. I was speaking to her just a few minutes ago. Oh, well, will you pass on a message? Next door's cat was already dead. Yes, a fox must have dug it up and dragged it into my garden. No, 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 no don't, don't hang up. What's your name? Oh, I've got a daughter called Lisa. It's all quite funny, really. <laughs> You'll never believe the morning I've had.
3: Arthur was played by Jonathan Keeble, Shona by Philippa Cole, and Tina by Liz Carr. The director was Jenny Seeley. The series advisor was Sarah Daniels. The sound engineer was Louis Blatherwick, and sound design was by Eloise Whitmore. With thanks to Grey Eye. A Moment's Pause was written by Michael Southern, produced by Naked Productions, and supported by the Audio Content Fund.
7: I wonder
6: Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio.
3: Connections. Five new dramas about making unexpected connections out of isolation, supported by the Audio Content Fund. To the Stars by Leanne Allen.
1: I don't know what made me open it really, I just came down the stairs, and it was there, on the mat. I never get post, not proper post. I just get loads of junk about the offers at the pizza place down the road, and pleas to send money to save homeless cats, which I do periodically by the way. I made the mistake of giving out my mobile number, and now I get monthly texts with pictures of sad kittens. I can't bear the thought of a stray cat... A little thing without a family or a home. I'm a sucker for them all. I couldn't get another cat after Nigel. He held grudges. He did. He definitely did. Every time I used to walk out the door to go to work, I could feel his little stare burning into the back of my neck. And he'd only acknowledge me when I got home once I'd fed him fresh prawns. Actually, he learned how to open the fridge himself in the end. Turns out you don't need opposable thumbs for that. Just brute force and fat pause. <laughs> I do know why I opened it. The letter. Well, sort of. I knew that it wasn't mine. Heather used to live here before me. I opened it because it had been so long since I'd had a letter... So long since I'd really had anything. Don't get me wrong. My friends send me texts, usually filled with emojis that take me forever to decipher. But a letter? Or a proper phone call? No. It had been a while since I'd had one of those. You know, a proper connection with someone. So I opened it. Mum, I don't even know if this letter will get, get to you. you. If, if you're, you're reading, reading this, this then, then I, hope, I you're okay. hope you're OK.
0: I'm so sorry, it's been, I'm so sorry so long. it's been so long. I didn't know if you'd want to hear from me, and then the months turned into years, and now the years have moved beyond a decade. I want you to know that I'm so sorry the way I left things. I'd really like it if you might think about getting to know me again. I've left my mobile number on the back of the page and hope you might give me a call. Love, Cassie appear. It was seeing that
1: word, Mum. I didn't ever think I'd get to read that word
0: and feel like it belonged to me. The minute I dropped it into the post box, I wanted to reach in and grab it back. It didn't feel like I thought it might in my head. I wanted to go up to Mrs Sutton, who was just stood there inspecting her cuticles like nothing was happening and yell in her face, I've just posted a letter to my mum, you know the one I haven't seen in 12 years. I didn't though, didn't think she'd like that much. 12 years, I can't decide if that sounds like a lot or not, it doesn't feel like a big enough number to hold all the stuff that's happened. I don't regret much of it though. People who say they have no regrets are all pathological liars, though, obviously. Who hasn't been an idiot at some point? I mean, some people are less idiotic than others. It's a spectrum. I think I put myself nearer the good end than the bad end. Jennifer Aniston must be at the peak of the good end. Mum used to have all the Friends DVDs, and even though we'd seen them all a million times, we'd watch two episodes every Friday night. Her with her glass of wine and me with my hot chocolate. Mum liked to drink, but never more than she liked me. I knew that, even when things started to unravel. I slept with the phone on the pillow. If she called, I didn't want to miss it. It never occurred to me that she'd actually write back. Dear hey, Cassie, up Thank you so much for your letter. Thank you so much for your letter. So glad you.
1: I was so glad to hear from you after all this time. Tell me how life is for you
0: now. I'd like to get to know you. Mum. I can't remember the last time Mum had written me anything. Maybe a birthday card when I was younger. I didn't take anything like that with me when I left. Jed probably got rid of all that stuff. Yeah, no, he's more of an idiot than he sounds. I wonder if he's still there, with his hair gel and his aftershave. He wasn't evil or anything, just a complete brain-dead moron. He tried to tell me what to do, tried to act like he was my dad. One night the two of us got into a blazing row. He accused me of taking money from his wallet and Mum took his side. She and I hadn't been getting on for months. She wouldn't let me do anything, go anywhere told me she wanted to keep me safe. When I was three, Mum left a boiling pan on the hob. She'd had a bit to drink and fallen asleep. I managed to pull the pan down and give myself second-degree burns, mostly to my left leg and my belly. I had to have skin grafts and spent a lot of that year going in and out of hospital. I had follow-up appointments for years. I hated it. Mum never got over it. It's impossible to live with someone who wants to wrap you up in cotton wool. The worst of the burns were on my foot, which I've never been able to feel properly, so I walk with, well, I call it a waddle, but the correct term is altered gait. It's a waddle and an occasional wobble, but it's enough to give mum apoplexy. It wasn't so bad when I was younger, because there was legitimate reason for her to be with me all the time, but when I got older, she couldn't bear to loosen her grip. If anything, the grip got tighter. We'd have the worst rows, and I started to resent her, not for the burns, but for holding me back. I was vile to her. I knew what she was saying always came from a place of love, and I knew... My disability was the only ammo I'd ever need to hurt her and hormones made me brave enough to load the gun. She wrote back, but she didn't give me her phone number. I could just go round there, I mean it would be easier to see her. Talk things through face to face.
1: Towards the house. My first thought was, she's probably come to see Arthur, or more likely next door, the other side. Maybe she's a friend of the daughter who's in hospital. But then, when I saw her open my gate, I thought, "Mm, she's probably lost. The way she was walking, it was though her foot had gone to sleep. I was just about to go to the door, when it hit me. That must be her. Cassiopeia. I hid. Literally hid behind my sofa. What could I do? She rang the bell and I think I must have held my breath for a solid three minutes. Then she left but I didn't get up. What if she came back? I'd have to live in my back bedroom forever. Two days later another letter came through the door. Mum.
0: I I want want you to know that that I I don't don't really remember remember much much of the night that I left except for except for the awful things I said to you. I was being a brat and I never for one second meant the words that were coming out of my mouth. I don't blame you for my burns or my wobble waddle. I was just angry and bratty and thought I knew better. Boys did break my heart just like you told me they would. But that had nothing to do with the burns. They were just idiots and bad choices. After the bad choices, I made a good choice, though. His name's Ben, and the reason I wanted to get in touch when I did is that we're getting married. So it would mean the world to me if you might want to meet Ben. And me, of course. Do you remember when I was little? I'd ask you how much you loved me, and you say, I love you to the stars. Ben says that to me, too. So he must be a good egg, mustn't he? I think you'd really like him. Anyway, I want to know all about what I've missed, all the little things about you, like what you had for breakfast this morning, how your day's been, whether you still drive the same way to work and still have coffee mornings with Sophie on Fridays. Tell me everything. I popped round but you must have been out. Give me a call and maybe we could call round when you're free. Cassie.
1: couldn't breathe. And that's it. I could never get up from behind my sofa now. I hadn't answered the door in two weeks. Every time the bell went, I practically had a cardiac arrest. And my insides felt full of love and admiration that I had no right to feel. The lie was getting too big. Who's Sophie? Which way do I drive to work? Were even is work? Could I confidently just answer yes to all of the closed questions? Even if I could get all of the answers right, how long could I make excuses not to meet her? The thing is, I really wanted to meet her. I wanted to forgive her for an argument and a life that I wasn't a part of. I wanted to tell her that she's wonderful, and I've missed her, even though I never knew her. That was it. I was going insane, wasn't I? All the hours of hanging the washing out in a perfect line had finally rotted my brain cells. This wasn't me, and she wasn't mine. I tried to ignore the letter, but the more days that passed, the more the words played in my brain... And I couldn't cope with the thought that she'd think I couldn't forgive her. I could just have ignored her forever. But I couldn't think of anything else. Maybe she'd write again. And I could just say that her previous letter got lost in the post. And hope that I could somehow divert the conversation. But then I knew we'd circle back round to where we are again. And I might actually lose my mind. Or have a cardiac arrest. Dear Cassiopeia, you sound like a remarkable woman. Any mother would be lucky to have you. I want to tell you all the answers to your questions and then ask you the very same ones, but I can't. I'm not your mum and I don't know where she is. She moved away from this address before I moved in. I opened your letter by mistake and I so wanted to reach out to you and then the whole thing spiralled. I have no excuses and I'm so sorry for lying to you. I hope you're able to find your mum and that she can tell you just how wonderful you are. She'll love you to the stars, if she's lucky. Tina
0: Can you be catfished by your mum? That's too much even for a low-budget MTV show. What kind of sick-minded person pretends to be someone's mum, pretends to be anyone? How could I have found and lost my mum in the space of three weeks? I kept telling myself that if I hadn't actually found her, then I hadn't lost her. Except that wasn't true, because there was a gaping hole in my chest that Tina had ripped. Should I go to the police? Was it fraud? I couldn't stop thinking about her. Mum, Tina, whoever she was... I think some really strange part of me wished she'd just made it up. The answers to my questions. Could I miss someone who was never mine? I didn't know where to start with looking for mum again. But I know I wanted to. I mean, if I could apologise to a complete stranger for my life choices, then I could do the whole thing again when I actually found her. Good job I didn't go and shake Mrs Sutton at the side of the post box. It
1: dropped on the mat, this time addressed to me, and I don't want to open it, in case she's reported me for being an imposter or something. It takes me all
0: morning to pluck up the courage. Hey, Dear hey, Tina, how was, how your, was day? your day?
1: Maybe we can
0: day? Maybe we can go back to the start. Cassie. onward
3: Tina was played by Liz Carr and Cassie by Nadia Albina. The director was Polly Thomas. The series advisor was Sarah Daniels. The sound engineer was Louis Blatherwick and sound design was by Eloise Whitmore and Tony Churnside. With thanks to Grey Eye. To the Stars was written by Leanne Allen, produced by Naked Productions and supported by the Audio Content Fund.
6: 24 hours a day pure West radio this is pure West radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire
3: lockdown day 593
0: it's 2020 February had 29 days March has 193
1: days that's kind of a perfect balance when you